What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. That Chicago game was something. I don't mean it as a good something. I mean it as like a, what was that? Like, what did I watch? Um, yeah, that was a, a not being ready to go thinking you got a free win kind of game out of the Calgary Flames, which seems to happen way too often with this team. The Like, the thing that frustrates me about the whole thing is, like, it's the exact same narrative, and it has been the exact same narrative all year. One-goal games – high shot volume, but lack thereof of anything remotely close to quality. Just yeah. a bunch of, like, it's just, and you sit there and you're like, hey, like, a lot of people are still like, okay, one of the top guys going to get going. One of the top guys going to get going. It's like, that was a positive development. This, over the course of this last trip and since Christmas, I honestly think that's one of the better parts of what's been going on as of late, as we mm-hmm. had the second half. Um, and I, I think a good thing to talk about right off the bat, because it was such a hard trip, right? Like with the back-to-back overtime losses in St. Louis and Chicago, and then dropping the last one in Nashville, uh, last night, mm-hmm. the team is trending in the right direction though. Like that, that road trip is not a failed road trip, right? Like you get out of there with some points, you steal two points in, in, a in overtime points. And the team is trending in the right direction. Our guys are scoring. Like, they're getting points, and our, our top guys are. And that's what you need to look at out of this road trip. Like, again, we can sit and be like, a lot of people complain about the overtime. And it's like, I, like, I, I understand it. Like, you, when you go to overtime, you want to end the game with two points. Like, you want that extra point. It's not like we're sitting watching the overtimes going, Oh God! Like I, it's I hate losing in overtime, but when it's crunch time, and you take a look at the fact that we've lost nine games now in extra time, those nine <laughs> points are the sole reason as to why there is a chance we could be making the playoffs this year. So, as painful as they are to watch, and as painful as the deployment. You know, night in, night out, depending on the game situation with Daryl riding guys that are like hot in game and whatnot in terms of formation, because like we can't explain it. So that's my best sort of, I don't know, ideology behind it. But um, despite all of that, it's like those points, whenever you can pick up a point from here until the end of the season, I don't care if you're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. Or if you're playing the Colorado Avalanche, points are points at this point. And I'm done trying to go into games being like, this team is a weaker team. We've got this in the bag. No, every <laughs> game is hard from here on out. I don't care who the opposition is. And every game is hard in the NHL, right? Like, it doesn't matter what a team's record is. You got to play the best hockey that you can night in and night out. And you brought up the points. And that's what Daryl's always said, right? is just find a way to get points. Take any point you can get and shove it in your back pocket and run. Yeah. So (laughs) the Flames have been pretty good at that this year. I mean, you would love to see those nine overtime shootout losses 
be wins, obviously. We'd be sitting a lot prettier if they were. But you will take those points when you can get them. 100%. Can Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman each respectively sign my forehead, please? They're so solid, night in and night out. I mean, they do everything on the ice. They drive play every single time that they're out there almost. It's like those are three guys that you can't split up from here on out. If you have any line set in stone, it's it's only that one. Everything else is flexible, and it better be flexible because it's clearly not working right now. Yeah. And, um, but you can't split those guys up. Those three have been absolutely unbelievable together. Dude, like there's – it's unbelievable how it's like we knew this heading into this season as well. Like we saw this last year, but it's like, no, let's wait. Let's wait for them to to reunite them. Right. When (laughs) things aren't working and we can get into like the lineup decisions and all that sort of thing later on. But that line just as, as a whole, Oh dude, like there's, there was not one game over the trip where they weren't the best line on the ice analytics mm-hmm. and, and you know with the eye test. Yeah. It's just it's unbelievable how good they are. They're literally incredible. Um and the nice part is is now they're getting rewarded for that hard work. Prior they were being that's exactly what I was gonna bring up. Like especially Manjupani to see him start to get rolling a little bit is such a good sign for this organization, especially after the year that he had last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was only a matter of time, right? Like that guy's such a good hockey player. You knew he was going to have to find it at some point this year. And hopefully this road trip has kind of got his momentum rolling now and he's going to be able to carry it into a a tough homestand that we got coming up. That first Blues game. mm. So you pick up another much needed point and it's Mm -hmm. like, Okay, I understand. I understand the fact that we can't close out games in OT, but does three on three matter come playoff time? No, it doesn't. And, and that first Blues game—that's a game that the Flames got to have. I mean, you go into the third, um, you preach this defensive system, this shutdown hockey. You can't have a fold like that in the third period. I mean, the Flames were in the driver's seat. All they had to do was keep playing their game. And they were going to get out of there with a win. And they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. And St. Louis took advantage of that. I mean, at least Lucic looked like 2011 Luch. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that goal was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> it was. You got to find the positives. Yeah, Especially man. in games <laughs> like that. <laughs> this is what this platform is for. We point out the negatives. Obviously, they make us depressed. But still can talk about the things that were, you know, that went well. Um yeah, but that game as a whole, I don't think counts in that regard. I don't think it went well. I, I like the stance of picking up OT points came from a, I guess, perspective of we need anything we can get so that we can make the playoffs because this mm-hmm. is not, this is not exactly a year where we can afford to miss. So literally anything that would contribute to us making the playoffs i will be on board with even even if they shit the bed like they did in the third even yeah. when that happens yeah benefit yourselves slightly in the standings i'll take it um but yeah no that was just a straight up collapse in st louis um but it's a good bounce back right oh yeah 100% then they come in they bounce back uh shout out to walker doer Mm-hmm. Because 
that was one of the nicest first NHL goals I think I've seen in a while. It, it was. It was. A, it was a sweet goal. And on that broadcast, they uh, like I, I love his game. I love the way he skates and he's just around the puck. And then one of the commentators, I forget who was commentating that game, but he compared him to a young Zach Hyman. And ever since I heard that, I can't see like, like that is his game. And he's not wrong with that. Like he plays the exact same way that Zach Hyman likes to play. And that is such a good sign for this organization. Literally do not take him out of the lineup. Walker Dewar gives the Flames a much needed pace, B much needed size. And that shot, that shot doesn't just grow on trees. That's something that is like literally developed. Like he has that, he has that goal scorer shot. We saw it. It's like, okay, set him up for more of those. And he's from South Dakota. So like the The only, the only, the only player to do it. Like that's insane. (laughs) That's so sick. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Like I just, I thought that second game, like it was a, the, I feel like the way that they won was more important than them actually winning in that game. You go up one nothing heading into the third, and like literally, like what what was it like twenty seconds in? You surrender a goal to Jake Neighbors, Airdrie kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Point that out there. Um, <laughs> you surrender a goal to Jake Neighbors, and suddenly it's like, oh god, here we go again. It's one one. And suddenly all the questions come back like, who is this team's game breaker? Who is the X factor? Are we going to get saved? What's happening? Like, it's just immediate. Like, suddenly you're like up here. You're like, oh, wow, some kid scored his first NHL goal. See what happens when you inject youth into the lineup? Oh, it's great. And then the game gets tied. And suddenly you're spiraling because that's what we like to do, according to just the way that we react on social media after losses. Um, But the way that they won that, like huge goals from Dubé. Like that was uh, that snapshot to make it two one. It's like and so- Dubé's been so solid. Yeah, dude. I I I've really liked Dubé this year. I know he hasn't got a lot of, of spotlight or anything, but mm. he looks like a different player this year. And I like I, I just can't wait until this team actually starts piecing it all together night in night out. Like everybody finds that rhythm at the same time because it's going to be a fun team to watch when that happens. Hundred percent. It's just, I hope it happens sooner rather than later. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, no, but that was a great way to close out the game. Then Coleman scores in that backhand. Oh, dude, again, 88, 11, and 20. God bless you guys. Seriously. Um, I guess just the game log from that night. Shots were 40 to 26. Power play went 0 for 1. Shot attempts 62 to 37 in favor of the Flames. Scoring chances 29 to 19 in favor of the Flames. High dangers, which is the stat I look at when I look at scoring chances, 13 to 5 in favor of the Flames. Expected goals for, we pretty much dominated them, 61.83. Um, top game score, Duve and Lindholm, 3.6 and 3.22 respectively. Yeah, no, Lindholm was a monster that night as well. Two primary points. Mm-hmm. Um, Orsi close to 80. And Japani, Backlund, and Coleman have literally been carrying this team as of late. They have. They really have. I mean, you watch those guys go to work, and even when things aren't going like fluently in the offensive zone for them, watching them play defense is just oh. a masterpiece. I love it. It's, it's like watching it's my favorite. Yeah. Like, 
Like the penalty kill literally makes me so happy. Like you don't under, like okay, we sit and talk about like special teams work with the power play and all that. The penalty kill is literally to die for, and it has been two straight seasons now. Um, yeah. What are they in like their last like twenty two kills? I think they've only let in like one power play goal, if I'm not mistaken. Unless they let in a couple against the Stars, but I mean, I guess we'll we're gonna quickly look at that. <laughs> um, but so positive sign in Dallas for the most part. Huberto, multi-point game. Kadri, multi-point game. Uyghur, multi-point game. Those three combined for six points that afternoon. We love one-goal games a little too much because even when it's 6-1, even when it's 6-1, there is a chance that, you know. How many times did you flatline watching that third period? Like, I'm oh not saying the second it was like, okay, so they make it 6-2, right? You're heading into the third, you're like, what's we're up, by, we're up by four. Like, there's no. Yeah, way. we play a defensive system. We're up by four. This will be fine. We're out of here with two and not a worry in the world. <laughs> like, I like, and someone. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep during the second intermission. I'm not going to lie. I was that, could like, that sure that we were going to be okay. <laughs> oh my God. Someone, uh, I forget who it was now, but someone sent me this thing. Um, and they're like, remember the last time someone blew a five-goal lead? And I was like, why are you doing this to me? Because I know that it was us against Chicago in 09. Why are you bringing this up now? Like, get rid of all that negative juju and just back up. Like, don't even don't even say that to me right now. And then I was like, no, like, don't. No, there's no way. Suddenly, that's fine. One more thing I want to add on top of that. The Dallas Stars are also the highest scoring team in the third period in the NHL. So that was that was another thing that was also pointing towards this. Literally. Like I, I look I thought about it after and I was like, freaking Joe Pavelski, man. Like I just like like why? Like <laughs> you know how you fix the Joe Pavelski problem? You acquire him. <laughs> like, like at this point, like just uh so that was a doozy. Like that third period, I was literally terrified. Like I, the second it was six four, I sat there and I was like, okay, now I'm uncomfortable. Like now I'm really <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, but I guess just in general, that was a hell of a game. Like for, through forty minutes of play, the Flames were unbelievable. It was something great. that we have been waiting for and to do it against a team like Dallas, even for that short stint. And you know, like this is a big win, but it's also a small win in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. When you take a look at individual aspects, just up and down the lineup, the fact mm -hmm. that you're able to get that many goals, a right. Yep. Thank God you did not start Ottinger. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> just all of that. It was they're like okay, a lot to clean up in the third, but overarchingly, I, I I think there is a team value that you can bring out of that game as well. Even though you did give up, what is it, four in the third, um, three in the third because they three in the third, right? Yeah, even though you gave up three in the third and you had a little bit of a collapse, you're still out of there with two points, so you're not worried about anything. You're you got the two points in your back pocket. And it's something that this team's going to learn from, right? Like, 
they're not going to forget this game anytime soon. That's not a game that you walk out of and you just put it out of your mind and say, yay, we got the two points. There's a lot to learn from from that game. Nothing about that game was normal. Like there wasn't one one aspect that was like, oh, that that could be something we could learn from. Like, <laughs> um, but just the fact that, like I said, like Huberto, Kadri, Uyghur combined for six points that afternoon. Tanev was an absolute beast that game, mm-hmm. and it's just like, hey, like the guys that you need to be stepping up are stepping up. So to me, that was more important. Just seeing that, that was more important to me than even the fact that we were up 6-1. Like, it was like, oh, my God, like, this is happening. I'm witnessing this. I love this. They added a little bit of spice. Well, not spice. It was like if you're literally intolerant to hot food, that's what that was. But <laughs> but they came out of it with a win, and that's all that matters, against the best team in the Central. Yeah, so Darren Haynes uh, tweeted this out, actually. On the Sunday, Flames were booed after a 5-2 loss to St. Louis on December 16th. It was five losses in a row. Lindholm came out with a quote and was like, we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror and be better. Well, at the time of this tweet, the team had gone 8-2-3 and three since. Only Boston, who's gone 9-1-2, and two, and likely about to be the best team the NHL has seen in a regular season. Mm-hmm. And Seattle has gone 10-2-1 in that same span. They're the only two teams that have been better than the Flames. We're not acting like a team that's third in the NHL since the Christmas break. No, we're not. That's the part that shocks. Like, I looked at that record. I was like, oh, my God. Like maybe maybe it's not terrible. Maybe maybe we shouldn't be tweeting out, you know, fire Sutter. Like I don't know how that's even being tweeted. But and, um, all all that just comes down to the situation that the Flames put themselves in before Christmas, right? Uh, yeah. Like that's like funny. we haven't had enough time to see really see that impact of these like last ten game thir- ten or thirteen games, I think that was, and. We haven't had enough time to really see that in the standings. Like other teams have still been getting points here and there. But if the Flames keep up with this trend, you're going to find yourself sitting in a playoff spot at the end of the year. And that's, that's, that at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Like I literally, I literally cannot, like I will not be able to fathom us finishing this season not making the playoffs. Like that would literally be like, okay, like this was supposed to be our best. Our best year out of this new with this new group. Like, think about it. Like, we've only got what two, three years mm-hmm. in terms of like actually having expectation, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is technically, technically on face value. If you don't count adjustment and being human as a thing, which most sports fans do, this was technically supposed to be the best chance or shot we've got, right? Mm-hmm. I personally believe it's next year, but. I'm getting carried away. The <laughs> production from the top guys has been getting better. In Darren's tweet, uh, he noted that Toffoli, and this was over the span of those 13 games since that Blues game. Uh, so this is not counting last night. Toffoli, 16 points through 13. Lindholm, 15 through 13. Kadri and Huberto at a point per game. 10 forwards have at least two goals. And that slot on the fourth line, whether it's Brett Ritchie or Walker Dewar combining for two, Ruzichka is the only forward without multiple goals. 
mm-hmm. in that same time frame, five on five, the Flames got an, a goals for percentage that ranks sixth in the league, 60.11, a scoring chances for percentage of second, Corsi four of second, expected goals for of second. They're hitting their stride. They just need to string together a couple of wins and have a couple of actually strong stretches and just mm-hmm. dial it in, like lock it in. This isn't about personality profiles anymore. Literally come together as a team. I didn't even think about it until I saw that tweet. Um, but yeah, it seems like every night that it's a new guy scoring for the Flames, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, there's always somebody stepping up and scoring goals right now. And that is why you really need to take advantage of the stretch when you are scoring. And you got to string some games together, especially with the ones that we have coming up. And, like, I think it's also, like, I guess, like, notable to point out that the Flames, like, we weren't exactly a high-quality shot-share team last season either. The difference between this year and last year, I don't know, maybe two losing two very skilled players does that to an organization. I don't know. Like, I'm just spitballing here. Um, so I don't think it has anything to do with, oh, Daryl's changing the system or systemic attributes. We just listed Money Puck loves us. Money Puck thinks we're winning they the do. Puck. They do. Like, it is literally because of what the system. Analytically, the Flames are excellent at the way they play hockey. Problem is, and dare I say it, roster construction. And the fact that Brad basically was banking on all of these new guys hitting their stride right away. And that is not happening. So we are going through the growing pains of that right now. Yeah. yeah. More people should have seen that coming too, right? Like everybody should have known that Huberto wasn't going to put up 115 points again this year. Like everybody should have known that Kadri wasn't going to be this incredible center that carried this team night in and night out. Like these guys need time to adjust to a new system and being around new teammates, like it's all—it's a whole different vibe for them here. So I guess this leads us to last night in Nashville. Okay, so when 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 Kadri isn't our game breaker most nights, it's Zadorov. I love that guy so much. <laughs> like, dude, I love Nikita. him so much. Nikita, bro, come on our show, please. We want to, like, we freaking adore you. Um, his interview yesterday in the intermission. Oh my god, just stoic. Yeah, we they they want it more than we do. We're horrible. We're horrible. It's a pathetic effort. We're just it's like I sat there, I was like, oh my god. We don't want to win battles. We're slow. Like he's not wrong. I mean that's what happened. Like it's just a direct assessment. And it's like, okay, the whole thing right now is trying to figure out how this group is gonna come together for this stretch drive. You have a guy like Zadorov come out and do that. The second players start taking accountability for what's going on, the ship could just... Exactly. And, and that's what you have to hope is going to happen, right? Like, when that's- you see a guy like Zadorov who who plays with as much heart and, and emotion as he does, when he's out there saying that during the intermissions, like, you know that they are not where they want to be and that they're going to do whatever they can to step it up and take it to the next level. Jacob Markstrom. I think he was unbelievable last night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird because it's almost like the trend last night was we actually left Markstrom out to dry, which is, you know, not a thing a lot of people like accepting, at least this season. So that's mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it is what it is. Marky was very solid, especially after a stretch of Ladar, right? You never know how a number one is going to bounce back after his backup gets a few games in a row. But I, I was very happy with Marky's game. I thought he looked great. I mean, the two goals that he gave up, you really can't blame him on him. It's the one was unlucky as all could be. And the other one is a defensive let breakdown, right? So Derek Wills actually tweeted this out last night. He said in Jacob Markstrom's 29 decisions this season, the flames have scored 2.86 goals per game in Denver. 16 decisions flames have scored 3.56 goals. per Wow. Game. Wow. So, not a knock on Vladar at all, but he's had way more run support than Markstrom. That was Absolutely. That's how he ended the tweet. I think people also have to understand that the Flames were literally in the exact same spot as they were right now through the same number of games last season. We occupied that second wild card or top wild mm-hmm. card. Want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Still a wild card spot. We sat and raved about how Brad undid a situation that looked very, very dire. But the thing that we did not, I guess, put much, too much emphasis on, we were just happy that we had these guys here. The thing we put too much emphasis on was that chemistry is a very real thing. And that was something that I think the entire fan base glossed over. How much of it, I guess, if I were to phrase it properly, is like when you're watching this, this team, do you see them playing as a team? Because on some nights, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that's still – clearly obviously being worked on. Um, And I think like in the dome brought up a point that's like, this is what made Kachuk so lovable. Like when things weren't going right, like he would have, he would drag literally everyone in the fight. And that's literally all you can ever ask for is that the players look like they care as much as the fans watching. It seems to me that a lot of people, they watch this team, they go, does this group care? Well, Huberto smashing his stick against the crossbar last night after losing a puck battle shows me he cares. Guys are being brutally vocal about themselves in the media. Huberto, Markstrom, just over the course of this season. Yeah. I think it's more so the projection or showcase of the level of drive you have to win a game versus the level of care. I feel like the level Mm -hmm. of the word care is thrown around a little too swiftly. It just feels like as a collective, they're still working on being able to close out big games. And I kind of get the vibe that they're sort of a mentally fragile kind of group still, just based off what I'm seeing, Yeah, which isn't something that you would have leaned to think of considering that we have a veteran group, Mm -hmm. Um, but here we are. So I don't know if it's this team being emotionally attached, but I think it also a big part of it is also this team needs accountability. Huberto and Markstrom and the guys that should be feeling themselves for you to have any success, they're sort of been they've sort of been hanging their heads down all year trying to figure out like, <laughs> hey, like, why am I not being able to play the way that I usually know how? Like, is there is there any positive reinforcement happening from anyone? Specifically honing in on Huberto. Um that trade, him getting traded after a 115-point season in a, just a run-and-gun loose system, like, you could be an absolute rock star. Something like that happens, and suddenly, like, your entire, like, mentally, you sit and you're like, why the hell was I traded after a season that mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uberto is probably 
A, not just adjusting to a new style of game, but it's still kind of like maybe he's still trying to get his confidence back. And I guess that another thing, like Daryl did a very good job at maximizing Gadron Kachuk's skill sets when they were here. Him and Huberto have to sit down. And th- we're saying this with the trends going like this as of right now. Daryl and Hubi have to sit down and go, okay, what's working and what isn't? Why am I not getting to you? And why is are the results not getting yeah. Because at this point, I'm not even like looking at this from a this remainder of this season standpoint. I'm looking at it like the start of the new deal next season. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's gotta be a foundational groundwork that is honed in where Huberto feels like a rock star again. Because you go back and you watch his highlights last season, he was unreal. Like, seriously, insane. It's obviously in there. But there's a huge difference in his body language. Last year, this year. Huberto go and smash his stick after losing a puck battle last year? Probably not. Probably not. But internally, it's almost like he's got this voice in his head. Like, he even made a joke about it on, like, a presser, like, a few weeks ago where he was like, yeah, maybe I should see a psychologist for why I should, why I'm like passing more than, you know, and why I keep passing when there's no chance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's absolutely a mental thing with him. I mean, and, and it's going to take time to figure that out, but like he, like he likes it here. He does. I mean, you see him posting on social media all the time. I, like he's probably posted the most out of every flames player this year. Like I, he wants to be here, he wants to do well for these fans, and and he's gonna keep working and striding towards that until he does find that spot where he was in, like in Florida. And yeah, like the the whole emphasis on his defensive game being borderline immaculate is something I didn't see coming. Like I didn't think it was gonna be this quick. Where it's like, well, you ever like, think he was oh gonna be God. playing on the? You ever think he was gonna be playing on the penalty kill here, dude? Like I, I sat there and I was like, there's no way. Like how is he this good defensively? Um, his role internally seems like it's changed. I think the the whole defensive first emphasis got him to lose his confidence offensively, which is like, at right, so what point does? Asking a player to adhere to the structure, at what point do you cut that out and just tell them to be themselves? Absolutely, I agree with you there. Um, I um, think that has definitely hind- like hindered his defensive game. When you ask a guy to change like a complete 180 of his style of play that he came from from Florida, he focused on his defensive game, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Now what's lacking? his offensive game. He hasn't found that yet. So you're in this back and forth sort of limbo trying to find the happy medium right in between. And you're seeing flashes of it. Like that pass to Kadri in Dallas. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm mm-hmm. so happy that goal did not get called back, by the way. Oh my God. I literally was like, if this gets called back, I'm going to cry. This is what we've thank been God. Yeah. Thank waiting. God. The call on the ice was onside because there was no way that a review was deeming anything uh, conclusive. So, okay. Yeah, it's almost like if you have to review the goal for more than, I don't know, 10 minutes and we'll know the result of the goal by the time we turn 30, then maybe it's not as conclusive as you think. Yeah. Um, It's just like this is, I guess, all like hypothetical, just us talking about it. But like, 
Daryl and Huberto need to figure this out. I don't know if the Lucic experiment is going to stick around until the deadline. I don't know if it's sort of like a message being sent, like, hey, like we need, we need, we make a move, Bradley. Come on, Bradley, make a move. Um, I'm like, I'm not going to sit and harp on Lucic because I think he's been solid uh, since since they released the All Star fan voting. The guy has been wanting to go to the All Star game. That's all. all yeah. Um, enough with the power play. Also, like. Another thing where you're looking, you're like, hey, hey, is this lineup being utilized to maximize your star player skill set? I'd argue right now, no, because yeah. you're not seeing it on paper and you're not seeing the results either. Yeah. Um, the power play. So in the dome brought up a good point. He was telling me today that Huberto is the fourth highest power play producer in the league, discounting this season. Behind only McKinnon, Dreisaitl, and McDavid. So, I don't know. Just an idea. Maybe let him run the power play. Instead of... Rasmus having, Instead of having a system. Like, what? Like do, Does Glenn Gullitson run the Oilers power play? No! No. Yeah, you <laughs> think he's telling McDavid what to do out there? You really think Glenn Gullison is telling McDavid what to do on the power play? There is absolutely nothing this guy is writing down on the whiteboard that McDavid and Drysettle actually care about. You know the timeouts? He's probably just out there like doodling little sketches out there when they need a goal late because he doesn't tell McDavid what to do. Like, that's my point. Let Huberto give him the reins to this team. The second he starts feeling like he is the guy, it's going to translate. I have literally no doubt in my mind that if you went to Huberto right now and you're like, listen, everything we've worked on on the power play last 45 games, scratch that. Forget it's your it. power play. Don't even – do what you deem best. I'm so sick and tired of point shots on the power play. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so sick and tired of just get shooting shots in the shin pads i'm done with it what i'm saying is right now it feels like you have a bunch of skilled guys in handcuffs because they don't look like a fluid unit five on five they don't look like a fluid unit on the power play and you can sit and talk about how guys are having underwhelming years based off your expectations coming in well, maybe if they were put in more positions to succeed, we wouldn't be in this problem. Like, seriously, let give the guys the reign that they deserve and just run with it. Because right now it's crunch time. It's not about what works and what doesn't. Five on no. five, it works. But are the lineup decisions you're making five on five? Are those working? No, they're not. Systemically, they're it's great. But on paper and where people guys are slotted, Minus Manjapani back on a Coleman, it's a toss-up. You could put Walker Dewar next to Huberto and Kadri, and no one would question it. Like, absolutely no one. Oh, yeah. You could put Lindholm there, move him from center, which I know they won't do. The only, like you said, the only thing that's set in stone is the Manjapani-Coleman line. That's it. But, yeah, like, it's it's time to see Peltier also. like Absolutely, yeah. I know there was a lot of talk about him today in the media. Mm-hmm. Um and how happy he is to just be around the team. Don't give me that shit. Play the kid. Play him. Play him. Only four players drafted <laughs> round one out of his draft class 
have not played NHL games. The kid has 96 points in 97 career games as a pro. I don't know how you're benefiting by not playing him because I feel like, like, okay, like on the one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, let's reward him for his good play so we can make a couple extra bucks and, uh, you know, then send him down and we'll call it experience, huh? It's like, listen, thank you. I can afford my new car now. C'est la vie. But <laughs> I don't want to get into a game. Like, um, I, I don't know, man. I just think that what Daryl said about him, I guess we can get into it a little bit. He ended it off by saying he's got the energy for it and a passion for it and a work ethic for it. He's a good kid. So put him in. Again, he goes back to the whole size thing, but it's like, don't give me this size thing when Johnny Goudreau ran this franchise for literally <laughs> my entire upbringing as a youth. So don't even, like, don't even. Yeah. Our, our listeners must think we are so bipolar. You know that? Probably. We start we, we start this off talking about how everything is trending upwards for the Flames right now. <laughs> In the last 20 minutes, we just go into this deep, depressing rant about how everything needs to be better. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing that is funny is the fact that things do need to be better, but they are improving. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? That's how we'll end it off. Like, I... I do think that right now I am more confident watching this team now than I was back in November. Quite a bit of a difference actually in confidence because at least I'm actually seeing the trends of what's working and what isn't. Now it's about maximizing. Yeah. You're, right now guys are playing at a good level. Get them to a great level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's the only way we're going to do anything in the playoffs if – you need your top guys to be feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. 45 games in, I do not get that vibe. So something needs to be straightened out. I Absolutely. love Huberto so much. This fan base should be loving Huberto so much. It's just right now these growing pains are... And I can understand why people are frustrated, but that's the last thing I want. Good things take time. 100%. All I can say, Flames fans. 100%. I think this is a good spot to end it. I think so too. Uh, if you guys liked our content, feel free to like, comment, subscribe. And uh, yeah, big, big homestand coming up here. We're wearing Blasty throughout it. So let's go. Freaking love those jerseys so much. Boys should be feeling themselves. Yeah. Just, just, just go out there. You have your first two games tomorrow night against Colorado or tonight against Colorado, depending on when you're watching this. And then Saturday, Tampa, like big games. Big, big games. That's a matinee against Tampa. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Go Um, Flames, go. Yeah. Go Flames, go.